Praise the Lord. Turn your Bible with me to Mark, Matthew chapter 4. Let me, I have a lot to do today. Um, Matthew chapter 4. So I've made this announcement now so you can cut, down, cut my time back from the announcement, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4. I want all of you to be great and you will all be great in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What is greatness? Greatness is what? Doing something meaningful with your life. Yeah? So where am I going to with this? So I'm going to be talking about, uh, today I'm going to be looking at some case studies in the Bible. And then I'll also tell you various instructions and obedience, that, uh, some, uh, uh, some the different types of instructions that you must obey from God, right? And then next week we're going to be looking at a focus on greatness. And then after that, we'll then look at calling, calling and vocation. At the end of this whole program, right, you will have been thoroughly equipped no longer will you say, I don't know what to do, I don't know what I'm called to do. And then, and then most importantly, you will know, you will then, I will then show you how what you are doing, how your regular or everyday life fits into the mission of Jesus. All right? So that way you, you, you do what God wants you to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. So don't miss service. Matthew 4, verse six, uh, four, uh, Matthew 4 17 to 22. We read here, the Bible says, From the time Jesus began to, re to preach and to say, he, came to, he began to preach and to say, Jesus had a message. He began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your ways, change your ways, change your ways. All right? And this is his message. And this message is still alive today. They call for people to, get, to change their ways, right? get born again, get spirit filled, and live their lives according to the word of God. So what is the message? You leave the message, you invite others to leave the message, and then you retain them in the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom of God. You leave the message, you subscribe to it, you leave it, right? And then you invite others. Say, go and make disciples of all nations. How you are going to be doing this, I will show you in the last segment of this message, okay? Two weeks' time, right? So, that's what God has called you to. So Jesus, and, and so we, 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 we saw here that Jesus, bring my scripture up, we saw here that Jesus was, um, he, 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 was um, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Next verse. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you great. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I will, I will do something meaningful with your life. Follow me, he said. Leave your, leave your message. Leave your objective. Leave your goal. Leave your goal. Leave your plan. Right? And I will do something bigger with you. That was a call. Praise the Lord. And then he moved on from there very quickly. And immediately left their net and followed him. Next verse. Going on from there, he, saw, so he was on a recruitment program. Going 2,000 years after, you have come to learn about the teachings of Jesus that is capable of helping you live a, a fulfilling life on earth here. 2,000 years after. So moving on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and John. And the Bible says they immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. They left their boat and left their father. What they considered their, their objective, their reason for existence, their means of livelihood, what they consider their, what is their source of stability, they left it and followed him. And followed him. 
So he says, come. And they left. So as we walk with God, he does something meaningful with our lives. Jesus is saying, swap your message. I don't know what your message is. I mean, I don't know what your focus is. The first group of the first guys, they were washing their tent. The other guys, they were with their father. They were doing their own thing. They had a goal. They had a plan. They had an agenda for the day. He says, yeah, I know you are busy. I know you have an agenda for the day. He said, but, but I want you to follow me. I want you to swap your schedule for my schedule. He said, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I will do something meaningful with your life. And he did. Everyone who followed God, God made them great. Everyone who followed God, God made great. Everyone who swapped their schedule, everyone who swapped their schedule, and I'm, t- I'm telling you, you need to swap your schedule for the schedule of Jesus. You need to swap your objective for the objective of Jesus. But however, if all you want to do is to come, give birth, eat, sleep, and die, then that's okay. That's okay. There's a place for that. If all you want to do is, yes, now I'm born, all right? I'm born, and I will give birth, and I will raise children, and I will work, and I will die. Great objective. Now, let's look at some examples in scriptures. Genesis 12. The Bible says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your, na- your relatives, and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Praise the Lord. Is that not nice? That all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Is that not nice? And the Bible says, you know, let's, look, let's take a little bit, of, let's look at this, take a look, have a, a little low down on Daddy Abraham here. He was 75 years old and he was living in his father's house. Well, you will say that was his culture. But I will say he's broke. Yeah, whichever way. Yeah, I don't know which, I don't know, his Bible wasn't clear. All I know is that he was in his daddy's house. You fancy, you fancy yourself at 75 years old. You know, there are people like that. They fight over their, parents, they, they fight over their father's inheritance. You know, there are children like that. Daddy, daddy dies, the whole, everybody will just fight. So, so it means that their, is, their heritage is their father's labor. Where I come from, that's a curse. Mm. 75 years old, he was still living in daddy's house. You'll be shocked. There are people who still spend daddy's money. Mm. They live off their parents' estate. You'll be shocked. If you are still collecting money from your father's estate <laughs> in England, God needs to do something meaningful with your life. <laughs> that money should be put in a foundation. That money, I'm not saying don't collect it. It should be, it should be put in a foundation somewhere. Right? Th- that money should be put in a foundation somewhere. And the profits of that foundation should be used to help humanity. You collect money from your father's estate and you spend it. I, oh, man. See, I'm, I'm so. Let me slow down, man. Let me slow down. <laughs> you collect money from your father's estate and spend it on yourself is a cross. 
It's a curse. You defile that man's labor. Like he, doesn't, like he didn't have his belly. Well, he doesn't, know how to, he doesn't know how to wear good clothes in his time. No. Put it. The award, from, the award for the best student in mathematics goes to this person, right? From your father's foundation. But that's a different, that's a different message entirely. Maybe I'll preach that on Father's Day. But this one, Abraham was broke. That's what some concern, he was broke. Second thing, he, 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 he had something in his life at 75 that he needed. At 75, he needed a child. If you live long enough, you will find something that money cannot buy. Number three, Abraham at 75, nobody knew him. Nobody knew him. He had no purpose at 75. At 75. Even if he knew, even if Abraham knew what the will of God is or what the purpose of God is for himself, but at 75, he did not know how to fulfill it. At 75. Yeah? So, is this really the life you want to live? Is this really the life you want to live? Here am I at 75. I have money. I'm a grandpa. I'm a retired professional. Seriously? Like that? Is that how you want to close your life? Now, the Bible says that the things we read in scriptures, they are for our own examples. So we examine our fathers and we learn from them and then we set our sail. We adjust our sail so we don't end up like them. Do you understand? And so the Bible says that <laughs> the Bible says that and God called him and said, Abraham, get out of your father's house. I'm going to do something meaningful with your life. Get out of, the, of your country, from your family, from your father's house. That's how I knew it was broke. To a land that I will show you. And a call came. Jesus saw those disciples, professionals, fishermen. And the and call came. He saw the guys who were trying to run their family business. And a call came. A call has call up, come upon you today. And a call is given to you today. And God says, I will make something meaningful out of your life. I will make you not just a nation. I will make you a great nation. But you must swap your schedule for mine. And my schedule for you is that, mate, get out of this house. Leave this country. And I will take you to a place that I will show you. Now, let's look at another call in the Bible. Uh, Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. From verse 11 to 14. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the uh, terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which he longed, which belonged to Joash, the Abbasite. While his son Gideon treasured with, treasured with, 
in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. You know the story, the Midianites, the Midianites attacked their work. And so this guy, very smart guy, he was working, he was hiding in a cave and he was, um, he was um, uh, create, trying to create food for his family, just like you do. Monday morning you are out of the house, right? You know, take the bus to catch the train, to take the tube to a job that pays half the bill. Yeah. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, about saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us to the hands of, of the Midianites. Guess what? Verse 14. The Bible says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Not, am I not sending you? Do you understand? Have I not sent you? Before Gideon was born, there was, he, 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 God, there was a mission and a call over his destiny. But he got to planet Earth and got busy. Like many of you are busy today. And the angel came to remind him of destiny, like I'm reminding you now. And he said, listen, son, you go. Hey, have I not sent you? In other words, is this not the reason why you are here? You're not here to complain, complain about the, um, to complain about the, uh, the obvious. Don't tell me about the obvious. Don't tell me about the economic situation. Don't tell me about Brexit. Don't tell me about teenagers, killing teenagers. Don't tell me about kids carrying knives. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? What is the message of Jesus? You be one, you bring one. You be one, you bring one. You think if they are here and they hear the word and they grow in faith, anybody will be killing anybody? No. 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 But something struck me about these men, the disciples, Abraham, Gideon, the Bible says about the disciples, it says immediately they followed him. Immediately they left, they left their, they left their uh, father. Gideon also responded. Genesis 12 verse 4, the Bible says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old, he obeyed. He said, it's not too late. I may be old. Now, just on Wednesday here, I was standing on the hill where God spoke to Abraham in verse 7, where he says, this land is in Shechem, right? I was standing on that hill in Gerazim, right? You guys have not been there before, but you're going next year, right? You're going to see it. But nobody has been there before, but my first time on that hill, yeah? So, I, and I was looking at it, and the God's word came to pass. And he was standing there, and he was, when God spoke to him in Genesis 12, verse 1, it was, in, it was in Iraq. In verse 7, he was in Shechem, in Israel. It, wasn't, it was a camel ride. Do you know how cold it is on those mountains? Do you know how terrible those mountain foxes are? And he obeyed. And I realized that all these guys, they did something. They went for it. They obeyed. Will you obey? 
will you obey? Will you obey the Lord? You know, we, one of the things I love about this church is our, is our Operation Andrew. Because it's the one thing that we fight about in this church. Invitation. I'm believing God that this year we will invite 1,000 people through our doors. In fact, that's not, even, that's, not too, that's not too high because every quarter we'll do like 200, 250. So I mean, some teams, just, they just break the scale. Then you say, wow, I don't know what to do. Pray. Pray. This is your call. Pray. They didn't make excuses. Abraham could have said, oh, God, you're going to bless me? Why must I leave Haran? Bless me here. Look at my father is here. I, this, I, this, I know this mountain very well. Why must I go from here? And look, I'm 75 years old. Oh, don't you know how cold those mountains are? I can't even ride the camel myself. I have to be propped up. I mean, Lord, that's impossible. But no. Not even when God asked him, bring, your, bring, bring Isaac, bring Isaac, your son, and sacrifice him. The Bible says very early in the morning. So I learned from these guys. I learned from these guys that man, when God calls, you respond immediately. When God calls, you swap your agenda immediately. If you want to make something meaningful out of your life, you must learn to respond to the call of God and respond immediately. Just last week here, last week, the Holy Spirit told me, move your font from PayPal immediately. Huh? I mean, move my font from PayPal to my bank account immediately. And I thought, hello, there's no PayPal in heaven. This can be God. But I've learned to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So immediately, I moved my funds from PayPal into my bank account. A few days later, I got an email from PayPal. We are shutting down your account. And from today, you will no longer have access to your funds. Right? If you have our PayPal button anywhere on the internet, take them down. As for your funds, you're not having them anymore. I said, seriously? Really? I said, well, I got there before you. Keep the balance. Big, fat, zero. Immediately, I responded. Will you respond to this call to be an evangelist? Will you, will you respond to this call to live the life of Christ and invite others to do the same? And will you respond immediately? Judges 6.27, the Bible says, So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did and did as the Lord has said to him. But because he feared his father's house and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. You are all very smart people. You set your goals for this year. This year you said you are going to have some savings. Yeah. You're going to have some investments. Yeah. If possible, buy a new house. If possible, buy a new car. If possible, change your job. Well, I'm here to ask you this question this morning. What is your goal for invitation this year? How many people exactly do you plan to invite to the house of God and expose them to the word of God so they can follow your Christ? How many? What's your goal? 50? What's your goal? What target have you set for yourself? I know you have savings. I know you have a target for your savings. I know you have goals for your children. 
And many of you as parents, you say, by this time my kids will be in level seven, reading, reading like his hair is on fire. Yeah? But what goal have you set for yourself? How many people, Lord, will, I, will you use me to invite to your kingdom this year so they can be exposed to the word of Christ, so they can be exposed to the word of my Christ and live by faith? How many? How many people do you plan to retain? How many people do you plan to encourage and retain in the house of God? Do you have any idea how many people live our Christian faith every single day? Do you know how many people the devil snatches back into hell every day? So, what number, what goals have you set for yourself in that regard? 30? 20? 5? Maybe 4, once a quarter, you invite somebody who will stay and hear the word of God and get saved? Or maybe it's not even in your agenda. It's not in your agenda. You don't have a goal for invitation. Neither do you have a goal for retention. And yet you say you are born again and you have the heart of Christ. Something is wrong. Awfully wrong. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible, so I noticed that these guys were very obedient. Very obedient. Deuteronomy 28 says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. In other words, he's saying, if you respond to my call, if you swap your agenda for my agenda, if you swap your mission for my mission, you won't lose anything. I will do something meaningful with your life. You will be a blessing to many generations. Long after you are gone, men will still be thanking God that you, wa- you walked the face of this earth. But you see, to do that, we must learn to respond. Respond quickly. Respond immediately. We must learn to be obedient. They were obedient. Listen very carefully. You can never make anything meaningful with your life if you are not willing to be obedient to the call of God. Two or three, two weeks from now, we'll be looking at your vocation and your call and how it ties into the heartbeat of Christ. And there are certain things, there are certain instructions you must be willing to obey. Some are easy, some are difficult. And let me give you ten of them very quickly. Right? Number one, you must be willing to obey instructions that you enjoy. This is easy. I mean, God telling you, pick up this job, and I will give you seventy thousand pounds per annum. You pick up the job. No motivation required. So, there are instructions you enjoy that God will ask you to do. Number two, obey instructions, obeying instructions that are in line with your personal goals. If the instructions of God is in line with your personal goals, the selfish you will quickly do it, isn't it? There are, they are, there are instructions like that. They are the easy ones to do. And that's why many of us, that's the levels many of us operate at. Obeying only the things that suit our goals. Obeying only the things that we enjoy. The things that appeal to our flesh. Number three. Obeying instructions that are reasonable. That is, you only obey those instructions when they make sense to you. 
Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah? Makes sense to me? I'll do it. And many of us are at that level. I won't do it unless it makes sense to me. There's a place, there's a place for that. Yeah? In some certain circles in the Bible, certain scriptures, like in Gideon, uh, when God met Gideon, and he was looking for a proof that this is God. And God gave him proof. But Zechariah in Luke was looking for a proof. And God said, I'll give you a proof. I'll strike you deaf and dumb. Okay? So, there are instructions that are reasonable. Number four, that there are instructions that you need to obey that lead to something good for you. Like the one I just shared with you. God said, move your, I mean, the Holy Spirit said, move your funds from PayPal to your bank account immediately. Are you serious? That's, that's why it's nice to have that kind of divine instruction. Yeah? So I didn't find out whether I was, I didn't find out whether I was reasonable or not, but I just did it anyway. Yeah? What number is that? Four. They lead to something good for you. Number five. Obeying instructions when you know why those instructions have been given. That's also an easy obedience, you know. You know how kids, why, why, why? Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have that luxury. Yeah. I don't know what they told you. You know, they say, here in England, they say, you encourage the kids to ask questions. In my time, when you say, why, I say, why? Because why has a long tail and two branches? Ah, you see? Uh, you see, for us, it's, that's why it's easy for us to follow, follow Jesus. Our, our, our environment conditioned us to say yes to Jesus, even though we don't know what we are doing. <laughs> well, they say, say why? Say why? Right? <laughs> so it's easier to obey instructions when you know why that instruction has been given. Right? So now, if you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you must be mindful of these instructions. And you must, this type of instructions are to obey them. But these are the easy ones. Number six, obeying instructions you do not understand. See, from here it gets a little bit complex. Obeying instructions you did not understand. You really think Abraham understood God's instruction? No. You think those boys understood God's instruction? No. You get up, you do it. You obey. So you don't need to understand God's instruction to fulfill his will. Just do it. Get born again, you're born again. Go invite the world to your Christ. I don't understand it, but just do it. Yeah? Number seven, obeying instructions that go against reason. Mm. Mm. You know there are, there are instructions that go against reason. In fact, the more you try to explain it, the more ridiculous you sound. Yeah? So you just, you just go, mm, I believe this one, I know it. Wait, you don't believe it, tough. Um, that's your business, yeah? So you must, you must be willing to obey instructions that go against what? Reason. You won't go far if you, don't, if you do not obey these kind of instructions. Number eight, obeying instructions that are painfully difficult. At some point on this journey, God will ask you to get on, a journey, get on this journey and ask you to do things that are painfully difficult. Sit time. Sowing is painfully difficult. Yeah. yeah. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, He who goes out, what? Sowing, bearing precious seed, will yeah, doubtlessly come back rejoicing. It's, it's tough giving a tithe. It's painful paying a tithe. 
For me, it was painful, especially when you know that the income in itself is not enough. And I'm saying it's offering time. You go, ooh. Instantly, you become a rabbi. <laughs> is this in the Old Testament? Is this in the New Testament? Just say it. It is painfully difficult. Is it? <laughs> it's painfully difficult. It's painfully difficult. I was living in a room in a, I was living in a room in a house. Somebody was buying petrol ten pounds, and I was asking Jesus to please tell her. She was buying petrol twenty pounds petrol, and I was asking Jesus, please tell her to buy ten and give me ten. And Jesus didn't answer the prayer. <laughs> and then she came back. And I said, I felt like choking her. <laughs> and you, um, you unbeliever, you, you have no faith. If you have Jesus, you should know that the mastery behind you is broke. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, you know giving, giving by annoyance. <laughs> I remember one time, I was in a church, and the, and the message came. And the message was about Prime Minister from Prime Minister, Prime Minister in training, you know, and the pastor was preaching about how how Peter, the, um, Joseph, was in the pit and God took him from the pit to the palace, and and right, right there, I, I knew, I felt as if I was in a pit, right? I was doing, I don't even want to go there. I was so angry. The only money I had left in my pocket was about like I feel about five or fifteen pounds. Right? I was so angry with God for putting me in that pit. And I said, "Well, you know what? If you want to kill me, kill me." There, there it is. I brought the money. I didn't. I didn't even put it in the offering envelopes. I addressed it. I put it. I said, "Come, go and give it to that pastor. Give it to the pastor. <laughs> give this. Give this money. Go and give it to the pastor. Let the God of this pastor. He, he wants to kill. Just, just kill us right now. That's that is painfully." But you know what happened? 15 quid. On my way home that day, a woman who was equally broke, I mean, this girl, she was so broke, that, listen very carefully, that's how you know God. This girl was so broke in her, broke as at that time, right? That the women in the church gave her, came together, contributed money, and gave her 150 pounds. So as we got to the bus stop, I didn't tell her what I've done. That, that is home and abroad. That is, <laughs> it's gone. 15 quid, home and abroad, gone. She ran after us, and she said, as I was coming out of the church, the Holy Spirit told me to bring this money to you. He said, it's the collection the church gave me. I said, ah, really? He said, yes. I said, ah, all right. But I just grabbed the phone and ran away. Just to get <laughs> <laughs> just, just in case she, Just in case she's crazy. <laughs> Before God heals her, I have spent that money. <laughs> I ran, took the money, jumped on the train and ran away. Got home, counted the money. It was 115 pounds. Ten times what I just gave. So there are instructions that are painful. Don't argue. Just, just cry and do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be faith. Number nine, obeying instructions that make you unpopular. Two weeks' time, I'm going to be teaching you about your calling and your vocation. So you need to understand this now. So the day God tells you go and do this, you don't start arguing. Obeying instructions that make you unpopular. You must be willing to do that. I told a friend of mine that God has called me to a ministry. He said, do you have friends? 
I said, yes. He said, not anymore. He said, do you like people? He said, yes. I said, not anymore. He said, do you people have people who like you? I said, yes. He said, forget those. It doesn't work in this, on this call. He said, you have nothing, and nobody owes you anything. That was his advice. So obey instructions. Obeying instructions that make you unpopular. And number 10, obeying instructions that are bizarre, weird, and confusing. Abraham, Genesis 17, verses 10 to 14, read your spare time, came up and said, God has given me direction, people. He said, God has called me to do one thing for all of you this morning. You great men in my household, stand to your feet. And they did. God wants me, just spoke to me. He said, I should circumcise all of you. And he said, seriously, God told you that? He said, yes, yes, yes. Are you serious? You mean babies? No, 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 no. Everyone. Babies. Say, well, we'll do yours first. So after today, newborn babies, boys, they'll be circumcised. Who is first? <laughs> say, how are you going to do that? So we're first. I don't know, but just line up. But I have a stone here. I will sharpen this stone and make it to a fleet. So bring your something here. <laughs> Read the Bible. And they all got it. Say, God spoke to me. Bizarre instruction. He said, and this is the covenant. I will even do half of that. You will just, you, all of you kill me right here. Said, <laughs> and then bring the first one. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Okay, put it here, here, here. Chop! <laughs> and the guy screamed, oh! Hopped up. I said, yeah, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. Said, you, you come, come, come. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring it here. Put it here, put it here. Yeah, make it diagonal, diagonal, diagonal. Yeah. Chop! Oh, 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 that one hopped away. Say, yeah, yeah, well, bring the other one, bring the other one. Yes, chop, chop. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. Hosea, read your Bible. Say, Hosea. Say, yes, Lord. Prophet Hosea. Say, yes, my Lord. You are a great prophet. It's all privileged. Lord, remember that woman down the road? Say, who, my Lord? The prostitute. Yes, she has many devils. Thank you. I think she needs divine intervention. I think so too. I want to go and marry her. What? <laughs> yes, I want to go and marry her. Because I need to experience the infidelity Israel has against me. Say, but I'm not Israel. <laughs> Just in case you don't know, I've been preaching to that woman for many years and she's not saved. He said, yeah, I want to go marry her. Go marry her. He said, no, 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 no. Ah, I know now. Get deep behind me, you foul spirit. He said, no, this is, not, this is not foul. This is clean, Holy Spirit. Go marry her. Go marry her. If you want God to do anything meaningful with your life, you must learn to obey God. Rise to your feet as we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 At the end of this training, you will become a man and a woman of God. Amen. A man and a woman called to live by purpose. So you can be fulfilled on earth. And I'm telling you this. You will not lack any good thing. 
because my God rewards every man, every woman for their obedience to this mission.